The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the most stunning win for each team in the Big Ten in their illustrious history. The Big Ten is jam-packed with teams that are more than rich in the college football history. This history includes dynasties and legendary coaches, Heisman Trophy winners, wars, trophy games, and players that have come to define the game. I mean, for goodness sake, one member is the oldest college football program in America. Today, in alphabetical order, we will turn to each one of the 14 teams currently residing in the Big Ten and discuss what we consider the program's most stunning win in the team's storied history. In alphabetical order, here we go. Illinois fighting Illini. Most stunning win? Illinois 14, Minnesota 9, November 4th, 1916. The Fighting Illini entered the game 2-2 two and two, and a 40-point underdog to Minnesota who entered the game 4-0. Now, entering the game, Minnesota had won by scores of 41-7, 47-7, 81-0, and 67-0. They were unchallenged, and they fielded five All-Americans. The Illinois coach, Robert Zutke, had read scouting reports and told his players the first three gopher plays that would be run. So on Minnesota's first possession, the Gophers ran three running plays, and the Illini stuffed them. Forced to punt on the Illini's first possession, the Illini's first play took the Gophers again by surprise. They threw a first down and got a first down, and it spurred a touchdown drive that gave the Illini a 7-0 lead. On the ensuing possession, Illini Reynold Kraft intercepted a Gopher pass and returned it to the house, a 55-yard pick six, to give the Illini a stunning 14-0 lead early in the game. And they held on to that 14-0 lead going into halftime. In the second half, Minnesota could only muster a touchdown and a safety, and the Illini held on to a stunning 14-9 upset as a 40-point underdog. Legendary coach Walter Camp, who watched the game from his press box, commented, will somebody tell me how something like this could have happened? And the headline the next day in the paper of the Chicago Herald read this, hang on tight when you read this. Indiana Hoosers, most stunning win. Indiana 19, Purdue 14, November 25th, 1967. Number 14, Indiana entered the game 8-1, but a 14-point underdog to number three Purdue team, who was 8-1 and who has led the Big Ten in both offense and defense. Now, awaiting Indiana with a win would be the Indiana's first ever Rose Bowl berth, uncharted territory for the program. Playing at home in the first quarter, after stopping Purdue on downs, the Hoosiers got the ball at their own 49-yard line. 42-yard run right up the middle by Hoosier running back Terry Cole set up a first and goal. Two plays later, a Gonzo to Butcher touchdown pass gave the Hoosiers a surprising 7-0 lead early in the first quarter. In the second quarter, a 62-yard touchdown run, again right up the middle, again by Terry Cole, widened the Hoosier lead to 19-7. 
in the fourth quarter with Purdue driving eight yards from the end zone. The Hoosiers forced a fumble and recovered it at the one to secure the stunning win. That day, running back Terry Cole had rushed for 155 yards. Iowa Hawkeyes, most stunning win. Iowa 8, Ohio State nothing, October 25th, 1952. Oh, this was a surprise. Iowa entered the game 0-4, and, and they had lost by scores of 26-14, 20-13, 41-14, 42-13. Number 16, Ohio State ended the game 3-1. and And the previous two seasons, Ohio State dominated Iowa, winning by scores of 83-21 and 47-21. Playing at Iowa City in front of over 44,000 fans that were there for homecoming, the game was scoreless entering the second quarter. In the second quarter, Iowa scored on a safety to take a 2 to nothing lead in the halftime. Iowa's defense stood tall, never allowing the Buckeyes inside the 25-yard line all day. Late in the third quarter, Iowa's fullback Bernie Bennett fielded a punt at his own 31-yard line, dodged several tacklers, and returned it to Ohio State's 25-yard line. As the fourth quarter started, Iowa continued this drive down to the one-yard line where Iowa halfback Binky Broder plunged over for a touchdown to give the Hawkeyes an 8-0 lead and the Hawkeyes' defense kept the Buckeyes at bay for the stunning upset. Maryland Terrapins, most stunning win. Maryland 42, Mamre of Florida 40, November 10, 1984. This was the comeback to end all comebacks. Maryland entered the game 5-3. and three. Number 6, Miami entered the game 8-2. and two. Playing at the Orange Bowl and down 31 to nothing at halftime, quarterback Frank Wright came off the bench in the third quarter and led the Terrapins to the greatest comeback in the history of college football. Here's what happened. To start the third quarter, coach Bobby Ross needed a catalyst. He inserted quarterback Frank Wright into the game in place of Stan Gelbar. Wright led the Terrapins to three touchdowns in the third quarter to cut the lead to 34 to 21, heading into the fourth quarter. Wright led a touchdown drive early in the fourth quarter, and now the score was 34 to 28. With five and a half minutes left in the game, Maryland had the ball at their own 32-yard line. Reich's pass ricocheted off Miami's safety, Daryl Fullington's hands, and Terp receiver Greg Kill caught it and scored on a 68-yard touchdown. On the ensuing kickoff, the Hurricanes fumbled, Maryland recovered, and subsequently scored to take a 42-34 lead. Miami scored late, but the two-point conversion was squelched by the Terrapins' defense. In all, Reich led the team to six second-half touchdowns as the Terrapins stunned the Hurricanes 42-40 for what was the greatest comeback in the history of Division I college football. It needs to be noted, too, as a footnote, that Frank Wright in the NFL led the biggest comeback in NFL history. Michigan Wolverines, most stunning win. Michigan 49, Stanford 0, January 1st, 1902. This was the first Rose Bowl, and in front of 8,500 fans, in a game called back then, they was called the Tournament East-West Football Game, a 3-1-2 Stanford team faced a 10-1 Michigan team, coached by the legend Fielding Yost. Fielding Yost's point-a-minute Wolverines had outscored their opponents 550 to nothing that season. This game looked very different than the game that's played today. The field was 110 yards long. There were no quarters and just two 35-minute halves. Teams were given three downs, not four, to make five yards, not 10, and the forward pass, well, it was not legal. Touchdowns and field goals, well, they were worth five points each. At halftime, Michigan led 17 to nothing. And then in the second half, the floodgates opened. Michigan's point-a-minute offense used a three-pronged running attack that ran at will. The player of the game was Michigan's Neil Snow, who scored five touchdowns. It was such a one-sided affair, such a decisive win by Michigan, 
that the Rose Bowl committee decided not to play the Rose Bowl anymore, and not until 1916 did the Rose Bowl resume. Michigan State Spartans, most stunning win. Michigan State 28, Michigan 27, October 13th, 1990. Michigan State entered the game 1-2-1. and one. They faced number one Michigan, who entered the game 3-1. and one. In the last six minutes and three seconds, the teams put up four touchdowns. This is what unfolded in the final minutes. Now follow this. Michigan State scored a 26-yard touchdown run by Highland Hickson, and it gave the Spartans a 21-14 lead. On the ensuing kickoff, Desmond Howard took it back to the house to tie the game at 21-21, back to a tie. Spartan Tico Duckett scored a nine-yard touchdown run to put Michigan State up 28-21 with 159 left. With six seconds remaining, Michigan quarterback Elvis Gerback threw a seven-yard touchdown pass to Derek Alexander. But the Wolverines' two-point conversion failed, and the Spartans' improbable upset was secured. Minnesota Golden Gophers, most stunning win, Minnesota 24, Penn State 23, November 6, 1999. Minnesota entered the game 6-2. and two. Number two, Penn State entered the game 9-0, and oh, and they were coached by Joe Paterno. They had a defense led by first-rounders LeVar Arrington, Courtney Brown, and Jimmy Kennedy. Playing at Happy Valley, Minnesota fell behind 14-9 at halftime. By the time the fourth quarter rolled around, Penn State grabbed the lead 20-15. to 15. That is when Gopher quarterback Billy Cockerham passed a Thomas Hammer for a 49-yard touchdown pass to give Minnesota their first lead of the day, 21-20. But Penn State came back and kicked a field goal and took the lead 23-21. With the clock winding down, Minnesota drove, and Dan Nystrom kicked a 32-yard field goal as time expired to secure the stunning upset. Nebraska Cornhuskers, most stunning win. Nebraska 35, Oklahoma 31, November 25th. 1971. So often you hear this is the game of the century and you start to wonder, gosh, how long a century really is. I mean, wasn't there one just a few years back? But this game between these two classic teams truly was the game of the century. And it did the seemingly impossible. It lived up to the hype. It even exceeded it. It's still palpable today watching the old footage of the game. This was college football's version of Ali Frazier, true battle of the heavyweights. And it has stood the test of time. Let's set the stage. The game of the century pitted number one versus number two. Number one, Nebraska entered the game 10-0, and and number two, Oklahoma entered it 9-0. On Thanksgiving Day, a showdown between the number one scoring offense, Oklahoma, 44.5 points per game, and the number two scoring defense, Nebraska, which had allowed eight points per game. Playing at home in the first quarter, Oklahoma punted, and Cornhusker Johnny Rogers fielded the pump at his own 28-yard line and returned it spectacularly for a 72-yard touchdown, one of the most iconic plays in the history of college football. In a furious game, back and forth all day, the Sooners led 31-28 with less than two minutes remaining. With 138 left in the game, Nebraska's Jeff Guinney scored his fourth touchdown of the game to give Nebraska a 35-31 lead and the subsequent win in the game of the century. Northwestern Wildcats, most stunning win. Northwestern 17, Notre Dame 15, September 2nd, 1995. Picture this, opening day of the season for the Northwestern Wildcats. The season before, Northwestern went 3-7-1. There's more. Since 1971, remember, this is 1995, Northwestern had not won more than four games in any season. So if you're counting, that was 23 years of posting four wins or less. And in those 23 seasons, only twice did they win as many as those four games. Playing at Notre Dame, Northwestern stunned the Irish taking a 10-9 lead in the halftime. In the third quarter, Northwestern added another touchdown. 
With under seven minutes remaining, Notre Dame scored a touchdown and went for the two-point conversion. The Wildcats' defense held. The conversion failed. And a stunning upset was secured. The win jump-started the Wildcats' season, a season where they earned a berth to the Rose Bowl. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Most stunning win. Ohio State 31, Miami 24, January 3rd, 2003, two overtimes, the national championship game. In 2003, the national championship game, an undefeated number two ranked Ohio State team ventured into Tempe, Arizona, with a 13-0 record and the second best scoring defense in the nation, allowing a mere 13.1 points per game. Their opponent was the number one ranked Miami Hurricanes, a 12-0 team coming off a national championship season the pre-season before. The Hurricanes were laced with NFL-ready cast. Andre Johnson, Sean Taylor, Frank Gore, Kellen Winslow, Vince Wilfock, Jonathan Vilmer, and Willis McGee. Ohio State was a prohibitive underdog under second-year coach Jim Tressel. Four and a half minutes into the game, Ohio State fell behind a powerful Hurricane 7-0. But Ohio State came back, and by halftime, the Buckeyes led 14-7. Miami kicked the field goal with three seconds left in regulation to tie the game at 17. Both teams scored a touchdown in the first overtime. So, in the second overtime, Maurice Claret scored on a five-yard touchdown run. And then the stout Ohio State defense held Miami on four downs to upset one of the most talented teams to ever grace college football. And the Buckeyes earned their first national championship since 1968. Penn State Nittany Lions. Most stunning win. Penn State 14, Miami of Florida 10. January 2nd, 1987, the Fiesta Bowl. This Fiesta Bowl pitted number two Penn State 11-0 against the number one ranked Miami of Florida team 11-0. It was a clash of titans, teams, and cultures. Penn State was perceived as clean-cut Miami, donned combat fatigues when they arrived in Arizona. 70 million people turned in, setting a record to watch college football on TV as commentators framed the game as good versus evil. Miami outgained Penn State 445 yards to 162. But when it counted, Penn State's defense shut down the Hurricanes, sacking quarterback Vinny Testaverde five times and forcing him to throw five interceptions. Miami maintained a 10-7 lead in the fourth quarter when Shane Conlon intercepted Testaverde. Conlon's interception of Testaverde was Testaverde's fourth interception of the game and it breathed life into the Nittley Lions. DJ Jozier scored a six-yard touchdown run with a little over eight minutes remaining in the game. In the final minutes of the game, Testaverde led a frantic drive. It started when Miami faced a fourth and six at their own 27-yard line. Testaverde completed a 32-yard pass to give the Hurricanes the first down and hope, and then proceeded to complete the next five passes to lead the Hurricanes down to the Penn State six. After three plays, facing a fourth and goal, Penn State's Pete Giftopoulos' second interception of the game on a fourth down pass at the Penn State one-yard line ended a frantic drive with nine seconds to play and propelled the Nittany Lions to the national championship. Purdue Boilermakers, most stunning win. Purdue 28, Notre Dame 14, October 7th, 1950. Purdue entered the game 0-1 and a prohibitive 20-point underdog to Notre Dame, who's 1-0, number one in the nation, riding a 39-game unbeaten streak, the defending national champions, and head coach Frank Leahy. And his teams had won three of the past four national championships. His record at Notre Dame at the time was 61 wins, three losses, five times. No one could have expected what unfolded in the first half. Playing in the midst and rain at South Bend, where the Irish had not lost in eight years, Purdue jumped out to a 21-0 lead by halftime. 
And this is with a Purdue touchdown that was called back on a penalty and another 85-yard touchdown drive that fell short at the one-yard line. Purdue's Hank Stram, the offensive coordinator, and coach Stu Holcomb developed a moving pocket around the 5'9 quarterback, Dale Samuels. The strategy worked as Purdue put up four touchdowns on the vaunted Irish defense to secure the stunning upset. Rutgers Scarlet Knights, most stunning win. Rutgers 6, Princeton 4, November 6, 1869. This was the birth of college football. The first football game in the history of college football occurred on November 6, 1869, when Rutgers defeated Princeton 6-4 in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Now let's take a moment to see what the first game of college football actually looked like back then. Oh, well, first off, Princeton and Rutgers are 20 miles apart, and Princeton's baseball team had defeated Rutgers 40-2 three years earlier. So Rutgers student William J. Leggett wrote a letter to Princeton issuing a challenge in retribution for that loss. Leggett suggested a series of three games over a new sport called football. Princeton student William Gunmore accepted. So William J. Leggett captained the Rutgers team, William Gunmore captained the Princeton team, and at three o'clock in the afternoon on November 6, 1869, in front of roughly about 100 spectators, college football was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The field then is currently now a parking lot behind the College Avenue gymnasium on the campus of Rutgers, but I digress, back to the game. There were 25 players on a team, and they played with a soccer ball. The rules dictated no passing, no running. Players were allowed to kick or hit the ball to get it over the goal line, which was located 100 yards away from the other goal line. Rutgers was smaller, quicker. Princeton was larger, more hostile. Each score, which was one point, was awarded when the ball was kicked over the opponent's goal line. Rutgers got the ball first. Now yardage was earned with short kicks and batting the ball that occurred behind an interference of players who ran into each other. They yelled. They screamed. Rutgers scored first. Princeton tied the game. Rutgers went up 4-2. to two. Princeton tied it 4-4. to four. Rutgers scored two more goals in the final score. Rutgers 6, Princeton 4. The game lasted for over five hours. Wisconsin Badgers, most stunning win. Wisconsin 14, Minnesota 9, November 24, 1962. Number five, Minnesota entered the game 5-2-1 and one and faced rival and number three, Wisconsin, who entered the game 7-1. and one. It was number three, Wisconsin versus number five, Minnesota, playing for the opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl. The end of the game was quite controversial, down 9-7 to seven with four minutes remaining. The Wisconsin Badgers quarterback, Ron Vendercallen, threw an interception when Minnesota's All-American defensive tackle Bobby Bell tipped the ball and linebacker Jack Perkovich caught it. But Bell was flagged for roughing the passer. And when Minnesota coach Murray Walmerth protested, a 30-yard penalty gave the Badgers newfound life on the Gophers' 13-yard line. Well, a few plays later, with 137 left in the game, fullback Ralph Couric scored on a two-yard touchdown run. And after a subsequent kickoff, Minnesota benefited from two pass interference calls and moved into Badger territory. But Badger defensive back Jim Nettles intercepted the ball in the end zone for the Wisconsin Badger victory, and they were off to the Rose Bowl. So there you have it. One opinion as to the most stunning win for every team in the Big Ten. I know what you're thinking. Hey, you left out this game. You left out that game. But maybe, just maybe, we included some games that you would consider worthy as well to be in the discussion as to the most stunning win for each of the programs in the Big Ten. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.